0: Surah Al-Fath Surah Al-Fath is a Madani surah. The surah before it, Surah Muhammad, remember that it was revealed before the Battle of Badr. So it was revealed very early in the Medinan era. Soon after, Surah Muhammad was the Battle of Badr. Then there was the Battle of Uhud. And then there was the Battle of Ahzab. And in all of these three major battles that were fought, the enemy advanced towards the Muslims. The mushrikeen of Makkah came to the Muslims in order to fight them. And at the end of Ahzab, the Prophet ﷺ said that now they will not come to us. Rather, we will go to them. They will not be able to come to us now. We will go towards them. I want you to think of this, that look at how the Muslims were at the beginning of the Medinan era. Few in numbers, weak in terms of resources, right? Genuinely afraid of the enemy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Surah Muhammad and other surahs guiding them through this journey, granting them victory over their enemy, one battle after another. Now what happened in the sixth year after hijrah, the Prophet ﷺ had a dream. And what was that dream? That he and his companions entered Makkah in safety, performed the tawaf, and some people trimmed their hair and others shaved their heads. And this was a very beautiful dream. Imagine dreaming about going for umrah. I mean, it's a beautiful dream. The dreams of the prophets are revelation. So the Prophet wasallam understood this as an indication that he should go with his companions to perform the Umrah. And why wouldn't he? It had been six years since he had left Makkah. Six years. He had not seen the Kaaba, And imagine... How painful that must have been for the Prophet ﷺ, for a person who was born and raised in Makkah, who lived in Makkah, for a person who loved the Kaaba. Imagine he had not seen the kaaba for six years. So it was only natural that he wanted to go. And now, after this dream, he took this as an indication that he and his companions had to go for Umrah. You know, the Prophet he said that min hadal Make use of this house. Which house? The house of Allah. Make use of it. Take advantage of it. Meaning go and visit it. Go and do Umrah. Go and do Hajj. Go and do Tawaf. Go and worship Allah over there. istamtiu Take advantage of it. What are you waiting for? Don't delay. He said, فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ هُدِمَ مَرَّتَيْنِ It will be demolished two times. Two times, it will be demolished. And, yurfa'u fi And the third time, Allah will lift it up. Meaning it's not staying forever. You will not always have this opportunity. So don't delay going to the house of Allah. So the Prophet when he intended to go for Umrah, the word spread. You can imagine all the people who had migrated from Mecca the sahaba who were the muhajirun, you can imagine their eagerness to go and perform Umrah. So the sahaba prepared for Umrah in excitement as well as fear. There was hope and there was also fear. Excitement, natural. But fear, why fear? Because they were going to Makkah. And who was in Makkah? Their enemies, people who had been coming again and again to kill them, to fight them. And while many companions, they prepared to go for Umrah, there were some people who were afraid. So afraid that they didn't even intend to go for Umrah. Instead, they just excused themselves and they stayed behind. Because they thought, the Muslims are going to Makkah. This is crazy. This is ridiculous. You're going in the mouth of the lion? This is like killing yourselves. So they didn't think it was intelligent to go to Makkah, And so, they did not go along with the Prophet ﷺ. So on the first of Dhu'l-Qa'dah, and remember Dhu'l-Qa'dah is of the sacred month. So the first day of the sacred months, the Prophet ﷺ left Medina for Mecca with fourteen hundred companions. Fourteen hundred, and they took along with them animals for ritual slaughter, even though. On Umrah, you don't really have to take animals for ritual slaughter. You're supposed to take them for hajj. But at this time, they took them so that people would know, everybody would know, that the intention of the Muslims was to go and worship Allah at the house, not to wage war, not to fight. Upon reaching Dhul-Hulayfa, so a certain point, all right, when the Prophet ﷺ left Medina, when he reached Dhul-Hulayfa, over there, the animals were garlanded, they were marked. So that people would note that this caravan is on its way to the House of Allah for worship, and the ihram was put on for umrah. The Prophet ﷺ had brought seventy camels himself for the purpose of ritual slaughter. How many? Seventy. Now, as the Muslims were making their way to Makkah, the Prophet ﷺ received news that an armed group was nearby that the Makkans had heard. And a group of them had come together, equipped with weapons. And when the Prophet ﷺ learned about it, he sent some Sahaba, all right, in order to find out. And amongst them was Abu Qatada al-Ansari. Everybody had put on their ihram, except for Abu Qatada. Now they went and they investigated. Basically, they didn't really find any armed group. But on their way back to join the Muslims, they found some zebras. Alright? And now that's good meat. It's halal. And, but to catch a zebra, you'd have to hunt it. But remember that in Ihram, you're not supposed to hunt. Right? You're not supposed to hunt in Ihram. Abu Qatada was the only person who was not in Ihram. So it's a very interesting story about how he wanted his companions to help them, but they wouldn't help him. They wouldn't even give him the arrows. They wouldn't do anything for him. So basically, he had to hunt a zebra all by himself. And he did it. Finally, when he got it, they said, we're not eating it. Now, firstly, he hunted and now nobody else is eating it. Can you imagine his frustration? So he brought all the meat with him to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Muslims asked that, can we eat it? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, of course you can. And share some with us too. Right? Because you didn't hunt. Alright? In ihram you cannot hunt, but you can eat the meat of an animal that was hunted by somebody else, provided that they give it to you, not that you steal it from them. Alright? The Prophet ﷺ, he sent his own spies to Mecca, all the way to Mecca, to find out if the mushrikeen of Mecca were doing something you know, to harm the Muslims. Now what happened? his spy met him at a certain point and he said that the Quraysh have collected a great number of people against you. The mushrikeen have collected a great number of people against you, including the people from outside of Makkah. Meaning it's not just the Makkans, but the tribes that live outside of Makkah also. And they're ready to fight you. And they're ready to stop you from entering the Kaaba. So the Prophet ﷺ, he asked the companions that, oh people, give your opinion. What should we do? Abu Bakr anhu he said, O oh Allah's Messenger, you have come with the intention of visiting the house of Allah. Not with the intention to fight. So let's continue. Let's proceed. And if the mushrikeen want to fight us, then okay. If there is no option, then we'll have to fight them. But our intention is to go for Umrah, so let's continue. And the Prophet wasallam liked that suggestion and he said, proceed in the name of Allah. We learned that on this journey, Salatul Khawf was also performed. Remember the fear prayer. When is it that the fear prayer is performed? When the threat is real. It's right there. Now, what happened? That the main road that led into Makkah, right? The main road that led into Makkah, the typical route that the people would take to visit Makkah, that was blocked by Khalid ibn Walid. Right? At that time, he was not a Muslim. That road was blocked by Khalid ibn Walid and his men. So basically, in order to avoid confrontation, what would the Muslims have to do? Enter Mecca through some other way. Find some other route. And that's what they did. But it was not an easy route. It was volcanic rock, all right, which meant that it would be extremely hot, not easy to walk on. So much so that their feet became sore, they bled, and the Prophet ﷺ he said that this valley for you is like the door was for the Bani Israel. Remember when the Bani Israel were told to enter the city and they said, "No, we're not going." So two people they said that ادخلوا عليهم الباب فإذا fa فإنكم غالبون. Just enter the door. Once you enter, you'll be victorious. Just go at least. So the Prophet ﷺ said that this valley for you is like the door was for the Bani Israel. Just go through it. Once you've crossed this valley, you're victorious. And the Prophet ﷺ also said that no one shall pass through this valley except that all of his sins will be forgiven. It took an entire day for the Muslims to cross this valley. And when they came out of it, they ended up on a plain which is known as Hudaybiyyah. And by the time they reached there, night was falling. Khalid bin Walid learned that the Muslims, they never came this way, but they're right outside Makkah. They found some other way. He went back to Makkah and he informed the Quraysh. Now what happened? The Muslims, when they reached hudaybiyah they were intending to go straight into Makkah. Remember that. But when they reached hudaybiyah the camel of the Prophet ﷺ just sat down. And it refused to get up. People tried so hard to make it get up, and they got so frustrated they said, "Al Qaswa has become stubborn." Qaswa was the name of the camel of the Prophet ﷺ. It's become stubborn. It's become stubborn. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't like people saying mean things to his camel. He said, "Al Qaswa has not become stubborn, for stubbornness is not in her habit." Look at how the Prophet ﷺ was so protective, so loving. Hmm? He didn't like it. He said, she has not become stubborn because stubbornness is not her habit. She was stopped by the one who stopped the elephants. Remember the army of Abraha, the elephants? They were trying to get into Mecca. And when they would get into Mecca, what would happen? Destruction, battle, right? Bloodshed. So Allah prevented the elephants from entering Mecca. And here Allah is preventing this camel from entering Mecca because if this camel would go, this might result in bloodshed. So the Prophet ﷺ knew that this is from Allah. We're not able to enter Mecca. And he decided to stop at Hudaybiyah and set camp. And that's what they did. And he said, By the one in whose hand is my soul if the Quraysh ask me anything which will respect the commands of Allah, I will grant it to them. If they ask me anything that's appropriate, I will cooperate with them. I will, I'm ready to cooperate. And then he told the camel to get up and the camel got up. When he made the intention to come to terms with the mushrikeen, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also opened the way. So what happened? The camel got up. The Prophet ﷺ reached the farthest end of Hudaybiyyah. And he descended over there. He set camp over there. And all the Muslims, 1400 of them, dispersed through the plain of Hudaybiyyah. We learned that there was a small well-like thing, basically a source of water. And the people got there and they started drinking water from there, using water from there. And very quickly, the water finished. And they complained to the Prophet ﷺ of thirst. And the Prophet ﷺ, he gave them an arrow and he said, put it inside. And when they did, so much water came gushing out of there that everybody used that water for the entire duration that they were in Hudaybiyah. So this was a miracle that happened. Now at Al-Hudaybiyah, what happened? The Muslims are camped. And people in Mecca, people outside of Mecca especially, they know that things are not good. 1,400 people have come to visit the house of Allah and they have been prevented. And it's the Muslims. all right. And so far, Muslims and the mushrikeen of Mecca, every time they've come together, they've been fighting. right? So this man, Budayl bin Waraka al-Khuzai, he was a neutral third party, a non-Muslim, neither pro-Muslim nor pro makkah He came and he warned the Prophet ﷺ, that look, the Makkans are ready to fight you. You better be careful, otherwise there will be bloodshed in this holy land. And the Prophet ﷺ told him that we have not come to fight anybody. We have come to perform Umrah. So Budayl, he understood. So he went to Makkah to give the message to their leaders, that the Muslims are not here to fight you. So they said to him, we'll never let him enter Makkah. They said, we'll never let Muhammad enter Makkah. So what happened? This man, Urwa ibn Mas'ud al thaqafi remember he's from Ta'if. So now budail an outsider, now another outsider from Ta'if, he intervenes. And he said, Oh people, aren't you the sons? And they're like, yes, you are an elder. He said, am i not the father right so he's doing it both ways he's establishing his superiority over them and they're like yes he said do you mistrust me don't you trust me they're like yes we do we trust you and then he reminded them of his loyalties you know of the things that he had done in the past to help them basically he was ensuring them that whatever he would do would be in their best interests and he said let me go and talk to muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so they said fine go So Urwa was the first emissary from the Quraysh to speak to the Prophet ﷺ to negotiate with the Muslims. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ and started talking, and the Prophet ﷺ told him the same thing that he had told Budey: "We're not here to fight. We're not here to fight. We have come to perform Umrah." Now Urwa he started criticizing the Prophet ﷺ that Look at you! You have come with so many people to fight your own relatives." The Prophet ﷺ is not here to fight them. He's saying, you have come to fight your own blood relatives? These people who are with you, 1400, these people, I don't see that they're very noble people. They're going to leave you because they're not your blood relatives. Now when he said this, that these Muslims are not really loyal to you, they're going to leave you because people who are actually loyal to you are your blood relatives? Right? That was according to him. Abu Bakr Arnu got so angry. He said something very vulgar. Right? He said, go and suck the private part of this idol. He was so upset. He used vulgarity over here, because sometimes vulgarity gets the point across. Abu Bakr Arnu was not like that. He wouldn't use such language. But he used it to express extreme harshness towards Urwa, that how dare you say something like this. Urwa was shocked. He said, Who's this man? And they said, Abu Bakr. And Urwa is just quiet. Abu Bakr is saying this to me? I better zip my mouth. Right? Now what happened? Urwa, he continues to talk to the Prophet ﷺ. And as he's talking to him, he reaches out for the beard of the Prophet. You know, he touches it. It's something normal that people would do at that time. Not acceptable today. But they would do it. Right? Touch each other's beard that, you know, we're cool. We're equals. As he's doing it, somebody hits his arm. And he's like, what's going on? Who's this? And he finds out that it was Mughira ibn Shorba, his own nephew. He said, you? What are you doing over here? Because Mughira ibn Shorba, before accepting Islam, he actually fell into some really bad company. He was basically a highway robber. He was a bandit. right? He would attack people, kill their men, take their wealth, and run away. So, basically the tribe of Thaqif would be in a lot of trouble because of Mughira ibn Shorba, especially Mughira رضي anhu's uncle Urwa. So what had happened was that at one point, Mughira ibn Shorba, he had killed some people, taken their money, and he basically he ran away. And when he ran away, he knew that he couldn't go back home either because he would be in trouble. So he couldn't go home, he couldn't go anywhere. He's like, you know what, let me go find out what these Muslims are. So he went, he liked Islam, he accepted it. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Look, I accept your Islam, but I don't accept these crimes that you've been committing. This property that you brought, I don't accept it. So Urwa, he was really angry. He said, because of you, I've been suffering so much financial loss. We've been paying those people back you know, blood money since such a long time because of you. Now what happened? Urwa, as he's talking, he begins to look at the companions. And the companions, they saw, Urwa is observing us. And he just accused us of not being loyal to the Prophet ﷺ. So you know what? We're going to show him how loyal we are. So the Prophet ﷺ, every time he would order the Sahaba to do something, they would go and do it immediately. When he performed wudu, they would fight each other to collect the water of his wudu. And as they would collect it, they would wash themselves with it. And when the Prophet ﷺ would speak to them, that they would lower their heads, they would basically listen to him. So much respect. And Urwa was amazed that this is how much these people love the Prophet ﷺ. So Urwa basically, he went back. And when he went back, he said, Look guys, I've seen many kings. I've been to many courts. But I've never seen a king, a leader like Muhammad ﷺ. And I've never seen people like his companions The relationship that's between them is unmatched. And he said, they have come to perform Umrah, let them do Umrah. Alright? They have not come to fight you, let them in. The mujtikin of Makkah, they said, we thought better of you. Meaning, what are you saying? We're not accepting this. So what happened? Urwa, that also, you know, his negotiation didn't really get anywhere. Now another man, he tried a man by the name of Hulays bin Al-Qamah. He was from the tribe of Banu Kinana, an outsider again, not from Makkah. He said, let me go to Muhammad They said, okay, fine, go. As he's approaching the Muslim camp at Hudaybiyyah, and the Prophet sees him coming, the Prophet told his companions that this man, he has a lot of respect for sacrificial animals. He really likes the idea of people bringing sacrificial animals. So, get all your animals together, all the sacrificial animals, and make them march back and forth. Alright? So the sahaba, that's what they did. All the animals, they got them together, made them go from one place to the other. Alright? And the sahaba are saying talbiya. To show that really, we're in the umrah mode. Alright? And... Hulais, as he's walking, when he sees this, he doesn't even go to the Prophet ﷺ. He turns around right there, goes to the mushrike, and he says, you know what, these people have come to perform umrah, let them in. Let them in. And the thing is that, he had seen all those animals. And the thing with animals is that, in the desert, as each day goes by, you know what happens to the animals? Their fat reduces. Right? They lose weight. And as they lose weight, what goes down? The meat quantity. And the quality as well. right? So he was like, let them in so that they can slaughter these animals quickly so that the poor and the needy can be fed right away. What are you delaying? And the mushrikeen again, they ridiculed him. They said, you? What are you? You're just one of the outsiders. You're from Banu Kinana. You have no worth. Because he was from the Ahabish, Ethiopians. He said, oh, you have no worth in front of us anyway. So you know what? We're not going to listen to you. So now what happened? Thaqif of Ta'if, they've told the people of Makkah, we're not going to help you. Right? Urwa, he tried to convince them to let the Muslims in. They didn't listen. So Urwa, even Mas'ud al-Thaqafi, he has basically said, I'm not with you anymore. The Makkans have lost the help of the people of Ta'if. Now they've also lost the help of the tribes outside Makkah. Do you notice something here? different people from different tribes are coming in to sort the problem out. Why? Because this was the first time ever people had been prevented from entering Mecca. First time ever. This was something not acceptable. Morally it was not correct. Religiously it was not correct. Now what happened? The Prophet ﷺ, he decided to send someone to go and speak to the mushrikeen. And he chose... Umar رضي الله عنه. Umar رضي الله عنه, Why did he choose him? Because of his strength Because of his bravery Right? Because of his lineage But Umar رضي الله عنه, He said Ya Rasulullah My animosity to the Quraysh is well known right? They know that I'm I'm really not in their good books I am really not in their good books And I fear that the moment they see me They're gonna kill me if you want me to go i'll go however i think it will be better if uthman ibn affan goes why because he has more nobility in their eyes uthman radallahu anhu he was a very shy person right even the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was shy from him so you can imagine someone of that character you know people love him they won't hurt him and besides uthman radallahu anhu he was from the clan of banu abd shams all right And basically, he was very close to Abu Sufyan. In relationship, he was very close to Abu Sufyan. And Abu Sufyan was now the main leader of Makkah. So Abu Sufyan was obligated to protect Uthman radiallahu anhu. So this is why he suggested Uthman radiallahu anhu. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam liked the idea. And Uthman radiallahu anhu went to Makkah. As he's entering Makkah, the mushrikeen saw him, they got so angry. And they started cursing him and abusing him. And Uthman who knew that it wasn't safe for him. So basically he turned around in order to leave. But at this, one of his cousins, Aban bin Affan, saw. And he got that protective jealousy. He's like, my cousin is not being allowed to enter Makkah. And come on, it had been six years. I'm sure he missed his cousin. right? And he said, my cousin is not being allowed to enter Mecca. He went to Uthman r.a, gave him his horse, and he said, enter Mecca in my protection. So Uthman was taken into Makkah, And he was taken to Abu Sufyan and the other leaders. And as Uthman is speaking to them, they say, no way. They just wouldn't budge. They wouldn't let the Muslims enter Makkah at all. It was like non-negotiable. Uthman رضي الله عنه, when he realized he's not going anywhere he went to see some Muslims who still lived in Mecca who were being oppressed who were being abused and he gave them the message of the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, that Allah is aware of their situation and he will make a way out for them soon now this whole trip it took quite some time you can imagine what's happening amongst the Muslims they're afraid for Uthman رضي الله عنه's life correct? it had been such a long time that technically he should have been back. And now that he wasn't back, they're expecting the worst. If he was alive, he should have been back by now. Now if he was alive, he should really have been back by now. So when a long time passed, they thought of the worst. And they thought, Usman has been killed. They didn't know it for sure. They assumed it because of the fact that such a long time had passed and they had heard nothing. So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ, he called the Muslims for a pledge, for a commitment, for a promise. That look, if they have killed our man, if they have killed our emissary, then that means war. We didn't come to fight. We didn't bring our weapons. We didn't bring our shields. We didn't come prepared for a battle. But what if we have to enter a battle with our enemy because they've killed our emissary. What if we have to? Then what are you going to do? Give your pledge that you will fight until your last breath and you will not run away. The Prophet ﷺ was under a tree at that time. ash And what happened? The sahaba, one after the other, they kept coming to the Prophet ﷺ and they took the bay'ah. They took the pledge that we will fight in defense of our religion, if they've killed our man, we're not accepting this. We're not accepting this weakness. And even though we didn't come prepared for battle and we're exhausted from the journey, especially the journey of, you know, through that volcanic rock, right? still we will fight the enemy. They took this pledge, 1400 of them. And the Prophet ﷺ took his hand and he put it and he said, this is on behalf of Uthman that even though Uthman is not here, if he was here, he would have given the same pledge. So the Prophet ﷺ took the pledge on behalf of Uthman anhu Now what happened? The mushrikeen in Mecca found out, they heard news that the Muslims are ready to fight us. They panicked. Because they had fought the Muslims multiple times before and they didn't really have any great luck over there. Right? So now the Muslims are camped right outside Mecca, right? The mushrikeen, they panicked when they found out that the Muslims are ready to fight them. So what happened? They got Uthman Anhu back to Hudaybiyah immediately. Now as Uthman Anhu comes to Hudaybiyah, the Muslims, as they see him, they approach him. They're happy to see him, but at the same time they're wondering, did he perform Umrah already? He better not have done it without us. Right? and so they're happy to see him alive and safe and they're expecting some good news but at the same time they're a little upset inside what took you so long what were you doing right did you do it all by yourself right so as rasman al who came some people asked him have you satisfied yourself with the carva so did you have fun what did you do and rasman al who said what an evil thought you had about me Would I do tawaf while the Prophet ﷺ is here? Wallahi, if I stayed in Mecca for one year, I would not do it until the Prophet ﷺ did it before me. So Uthman ﷺ, when he came back, basically, there was no agreement, right? All those conversations, they didn't lead to anything. But because the Muslims were ready to fight, now the mushrikeen were you know, pressed. They had to do something quickly. They wanted to avoid the battle. So, they sent a man by the name of Mikras. In their rush, they sent Mikras. Without thinking through, they just sent him. They said, just go and talk to Muhammad. Talk him out of you know, battle. So, when Mikras came, the Prophet said, as he was approaching, he's a vicious man. It's not going to be easy to deal with. So, Mikras started talking. And as he's talking, the Mushrikeen must have realized it wasn't a good idea to send Mikras because he's not really a gentle soul and he wouldn't really give the Muslims a good option and this might just end up in a battle. So they wanted a good negotiator. So they sent Suhail bin Amr. Suhail bin Amr, they sent him and the Prophet ﷺ, as he saw Suhail approaching, he said, there will be Sahel, Because Suhail is coming, hopefully there will be Sahel." He thought positively. Now the matter has become easy, he said.